And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yo, yo. Welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I am your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And on Friday night, the Lakers defeated the Portland Trailblazers 102-93. They finally snapped the streak, the four-game losing streak. Uh, it was... To me, the best win since probably February 4th against the Nuggets, and potentially even better than that. You might have to go back to the Milwaukee game uh, on the road, the the Chicago game on the road, uh, which were in late January. Like This was overall, I I think, the Lakers' best game, uh, again, in, in almost a month, and I think that the biggest thing, you know, the, the story of the game, the place I want to start is Dennis Schroeder, uh, thir- uh, 22 points, almost at 32, uh, 22 points in 32 minutes uh, in his return, and the Lakers were 0-4 in his absence. Of course, AD is also out, but uh, I think Dennis was, you know, the, 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 the thing that flipped that dynamic where, you know, I think the Lakers could have won at least a game, if not two of those four, if Dennis were available, but the fact that he wasn't, you know, I, I think that was just the, the final straw and, um, you know, kind of making them go on this skid. But uh, he did not look like a guy who missed the last week and, and was basically quarantining in his own guest room, as he said, uh, just playing video games and working out. Um, and, and he actually spoke out, you know, against the NBA after the game where he said, you know, he, he'd never tested positive over the, the past week. He didn't even know about his, um, you know, questionable testing or, or con, uh, contact tra- uh, tracing until he was arriving at the arena and was in his car and got a call from Rob Polinka that they weren't sure if he was going to be able to play. And then, you know, eventually got word that he wasn't going to be able to. So it, yeah, I mean, it, it was a interesting you know posting conversation from him of, of just his experience and how frustrating it was and, and how difficult it was to watch the team struggle in his absence when he didn't have covid and and you know he had the, the member of his household that tested positive ended up testing negative twice after that so he, you know they're not sure if it was a false positive or, or kind of what went on with that but because of that he had to miss a week um, so that, that was an unfortunate situation. It, it probably cost the Lakers again uh, a game or two, but you know Dennis was back and, and he helped. Like he he helped a lot. Uh, again, twenty two points. Uh, I, I thought the the biggest thing was nine of nine free throw shooting. And I asked Frank about that uh, after the game. That you know looking at the Lakers' recent game logs, they had not been getting to the free throw line as much without Dennis and AD, which makes sense. But you know, they needed those guys back in the lineup to do that. And that's part of the Lakers' identity is they do put you in foul trouble, that they get to the free throw line and they can kind of control the pace that way, you know, with guys, you know, LeBron and AD, of course, but Trez and Dennis and 
um, you know, uh, Alex and Kyle, like these guys can draw fouls, get to the free throw line, uh, THT. Like, so I think the, the fact that they were missing that component of, you know, a downhill guy who was going to put pressure on a defense and Dennis, like, you know, I, I thought he really showed that tonight and, you know, uh, his trademark defense w- was there. Uh, he, he didn't actually guard Dame that much. It was mainly KCP and, and Alex on Dame. Uh, Dennis was, was was defending Gary Trent Jr., chasing him around screens and, um, you know, help, being the help side guy uh, on the weak side. Um, and and I, I thought he, he played, a, you know, a really good game overall. Like, you know, the, the assist to turnover thing is the only knock I can really give him. You know, two turnovers and, and two assists. And that's kind of been an issue for him at times this season where, you know, when Dennis is at his best, he is scoring more than playmaking. Uh, but but this team needs that sometimes, especially in those non-LeBron minutes that we've been talking a lot about recently. So I, I think overall, a, a welcomed addition to the Lakers rotation uh, ended up playing 32 minutes, second most on the team behind LeBron. So I think right that right there, and, and LeBron... Uh, you know, kind of mentioned it after the game, like they just needed kind of another body, another guy in the rotation to, to give them some depth, to give them some juice and, and to kind of balance out the minutes, the shots, just everything. Everybody fell more in line with Dennis back. So I think, you know, moving forward now, looking at the the next three games uh, be, before the All-Star break, like I, I think there is some potential optimism here for the Lakers to, to close things out where, you know, Golden State, I think that is a very winnable game. Not the most winnable. I guess Sacramento is technically the most winnable. But, um, you know, some of the Lakers-Kings matchups have been weird in, in recent years. And that's, a, you know, the last game before the All-Star break. Sometimes players or teams kind of check out and it's a road game. So you never know. But I think, you know, Golden State is arguably the most winnable game of the remaining three. And then they got the Sacramento game, uh, you know, last. And then in the middle is, is the Phoenix game, which I think is going to be tough phoenix is right behind the lakers in the standings and uh, they're, they're playing at a, a really high level of two all-stars and chris paul and devin booker but i think there's a good chance that the lakers could now go two and one to close you know including winning this one you know potentially three and one over their final four games this episode is brought to you by Michelob ultra the official beer sponsor of the nba want to get closer to the game than ever before Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Dennis and his impact um, you know, can't be understated. I think that clearly was the, the story of the game. The other thing uh, was LeBron, of course, uh, 28 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists, 4 steals, and three blocks, almost a five by five. Um, you, you know, with, with the way that with the pace he had started, he got most of those defensive numbers. You know, in the first half, uh, and, and by like midway through the third, and it was looking like he, he might pull up Andre Karolenko or a, or a Josh Smith. And Josh Smith was actually the the last guy to put up that exact stat line of twenty eight points, eleven seven, uh, four and three. And t- to me, this was LeBron's probably his best defensive game of the season. I just felt that the way he was rotating and the way that he was breaking up plays, and it wasn't just, you know, he had four steals, but he definitely had several other deflections. I don't have the, the number in front of me, uh, but, but you know, it was just breaking up plays um, and, you know, with the way that Portland runs its offense with those high pick and rolls with Dame Lillard, 
Um, you know, a lot of times it's it's Dame trying to beat a scrambling defense and kicking it to the corner, kicking it to the roll guy. Maybe that roll guy looks for someone. And LeBron was reading those plays like a cornerback really, really well. Uh, and, and then also, you know, with, with the three blocks, like meeting guys at the rim, contesting things like overall, like activity wise, this was as active as he's been in a game all season. And I think that was really reflected in the steals and blocks. And overall, the Lakers had nine steals, uh, seven blocks, forced 15 turnovers, and only had nine turnovers themselves. And and that really is a, a big thing for the Lakers, you know, because they can be so turnover prone in their worst stretches when they can cause turnovers on the other end and, and then you know take care of the ball themselves. Like they're very difficult to beat because if you're giving the Lakers more possessions and, and more opportunities and Looking at the, the the final field goal tally, they ha- took five more shots than the Blazers, making five more. And, and then, so they didn't even shoot that well. They only shot 42%. Uh, but they also had the 28 free throw attempts compared to the Blazers' 20. So the Lakers won the possession battle, also had 15 offensive rebounds, out-rebounded the Blazers 52-45 to 45 overall. So when the Lakers won the possession battle, they're very, very tough to beat. Like, unless you're, I mean, the, the like, maybe the nets maybe the jazz maybe the clippers like that level of offense can maybe withstand losing the possession battle and keep it close with the lakers but for the most part if they're winning the possession battle you know again fewer turnovers more shots more offensive rebounds like they're most likely you know nine out of ten if not basically like ten out of ten times gonna win that game and they won the possession battle tonight uh which really helped uh, Montrose Harrell deserves a shout out. 17 points, nine rebounds. Uh, Alex Caruso had 10 points, in- including a couple threes. Ha- had a nice dunk, only his second dunk of the, uh, of the season. Um, and then I think he might have had another dunk, if I'm not mistaken. Might have had two dunks tonight. Uh, but you know, really good defense on, on Dame Lillard. Tht had a nice stretch in the first half uh, where um, s- some drives, uh, some some playmaking, had four assists, a couple blocks, like. I just thought two-way play from him, um, you know, it continues to improve on both ends. And overall, this was a solid win. Like, uh, I thought Marcus Gasol had some good minutes, um, didn't shoot the ball well, neither did Keefe, who uh, re- replaced Kuz, I guess, permanently or temporarily, but, but you know, for now in, in the starting lineup. Um, you know, th- those guys missed some open threes, and, you know, they were one for nine combined. But I, I thought Mark had some good moments, and, Overall, this is a just really good win. Like, you know, the, 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 I think the role players stepped up defensively. KCP and Alex defending Dame. Kuz just being an active guy in the glass. Five offensive rebounds. You know, five offensive rebounds for Trez as well. Um, you know, Kuz led the team in rebounding with 11. You know, tied LeBron. So I, I just think this was a nice team win. Nine of the 10 guys I, I thought had positive impacts. The one guy who didn't was Wes Matthews and... Um, you know, he, he kind of looked like early season Wes Matthews that is on the fringes of the rotation, uh, only played nine minutes, which, which was the, the fewest of anybody. But aside from that, and, and again, you know, some criticisms here and there, they, they missed some free throws, only shot seven to 27 from three. Like this was a complete win. This was as impressive of a win again, as they've had in about a month. And, and when you factor in no AD, it gets even more impressive and, you know, Portland was out with, with, without CJ McCollum and, and Yusef Nurkic, Zach Collins. Like, they're not whole either, but, you know, they, they have been winning. Um, you know, now they're on their own 
uh, four-game losing streak. But before that, I believe they had been on a six-game winning streak. So, you know, Port- Portland's been a little up and down, but they're still a solid team. Dave Lillard had 35-7. and seven. Like, he, you know, he's playing at a MVP caliber level. So I, I think this is a really good win. And to me, the best defensive performance without Anthony Davis this season. Like, you know, I, I'd have to really go through uh, the, the game log to fully confirm that. I'm pulling up. 80s game log on, on basketball reference, but you know, I, unless I'm missing a game, well, the, the Minnesota game, but that was just, you know, I, I, that one I'm throwing out because I, I you know, it, it's Minnesota and the, the Lakers actually, that was actually more of an offensive performance with, with the way that they just dismantled the Wolves. Like that, that wasn't even that good of a defensive performance. If I remember that correctly. Yeah. Looking at it, I mean, it, it wasn't the second Minnesota game. It wasn't any of those OKC overtime games. You know, Detroit, they lost that game. Uh, Chicago, no. So, yeah. So, th- this was, like, by far, actually, I think the best defensive performance without AD. Frank Vogel shouted out the bigs after the game, saying that he feels that they're finally grasping his defensive system, especially in the pick and roll. So, I, I'm, you know, I, I, again, I, I think nothing but positives really coming from this game was it a perfect game? You know, they, they, they trailed in the beginning. They trailed at halftime. Um, but I thought from the second quarter on, uh, th- this was a Lakers-style game. Uh, had 52 points in the paint compared to just 30 from Portland. So protected the paint really well. Uh, also outscored Portland 23-13 to 13 on fast break points. So overall, again, I just think a, a close-to-perfect game. This was a solid A from the Lakers, especially, you know, considering the opponent and considering AD was out, and honestly, considering their home struggles, like they are now uh, just ten and seven at home, like they have not, for whatever reason, played well at home. And the fact that they, you know, finally broke out of this when in the beginning they took a couple punches, looked like they were potentially going to lose the game, or, or and, and you know were trailing by double digits a couple times. Like I think this is a really, really good win. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's now time for the open forum. Let's get into a couple questions here from our listeners. Okay, this one is from Aman Tiku at General Antic on Twitter. Will we see more AD Trez Braun trio lineups later in the season? Yes, uh, I, I do think that that is going to be one of the Lakers closing variations. I do think that the Lakers are going to most often close with a core of, you know, LeBron and AD are the staples. They're the locks. They're always going to close barring injury, right? Even with foul trouble, you know, it doesn't matter. They're, they're always closing. The next two guys I think that are going to be built into the closing lineup are Alex and Dennis. I think that is your backcourt. And, and, you know, depending on the team, they might have to, to go a little bit bigger. But even if you're looking at, like, a Brooklyn matchup, right, you're going to put Alex on on James, potentially, and then Dennis on Kyrie. Or, or, you know, 
I guess by vice versa, you could split, you know, you could switch that. But I think that's how the Lakers would probably play that. I think that fifth spot is going to rotate between KCP and Kuz for the most part. Uh, and you know, I think KCP is the favorite, and we're going to see that kind of smaller lineup where AD's at the five, LeBron's at the four. Then you go to three guards on the perimeter. You could see Kuz if they are playing a bigger team. Uh, you know, I look at you know potentially the Nets, potentially the Clippers, uh, potentially the Bucks. Some of these teams that have some big wings that you know KCP can't handle as well, and that that just gives you a little bit more flexibility where you can switch. Kuz, LeBron, AD, pretty seamlessly. And then, you know, maybe Alex can handle a, a bigger wing for a possession or two. Uh, you know, I, I think he, you know, similar to a guy like Patrick Beverly or, or Marcus Smart, like Alex can play up uh, and, and defend bigger guys. And, and then, you know, Dennis, you, you don't really want switching onto those guys. But I think at the end of games, you're looking at a lot of switching. You're looking at a lot of matchups and how teams can exploit you one-on-one or in the pick and roll. And, and, you know, so I think I'm in favor of going with a little bit more size. Um, you know, personally, I would actually take, if it comes down to it, I would actually take Dennis out over Alex uh, just because of Alex's defense and, and his energy and, and I think how important he is on that end. And um, so, you know, I could see something maybe like in, in LeBron and AD and then Kuz, KCP, Alex, something like that. But maybe you don't have enough playmaking there. And that's where they want to keep Dennis. So I do think it's it's usually going to be LeBron, AD, Alex, and Dennis. And then you swap different guys in that fifth spot. But one of those guys could be Trez. I, I would, I'd put KCP and Kuz over him. But in certain matchups, I think you can close with Trez. And I'm pulling it up right now how many minutes that trio has played together. I think they've played together a decent amount because you know Trez has been closing some games. Uh, for the Lakers this season, not recently, but you know, overall, he especially towards the beginning of the season, and then you know, Frank kind of went away from that recently uh, since AD's been out. But I'm pulling it up now. Let's see, Trez with LeBron and AD. Um, it might not even be on the first page of the lineups. I don't think it is, which means it's played fewer than 100 minutes. So Trez, LeBron, and AD has played in 20 games. Lakers are 15 and five in those games. Played 92 total minutes with a 111.1 offensive rating and a 105.3 defensive rating for a total net rating of 5.7. Looking at it, that group has not rebounded well. Only a 48.6 rebound percentage. Uh, it is not passed well either with a 50% assist percentage. Um, low turnover percentage, only 10.5. 53.3 effective field goal is not that good. So it And 56.2 true shooting is below average as well. So, and 98.12 pace. It's play, uh, played a little slower. So th- there are some things that you don't love with this group. Um, it's rebounded the ball offensively really well, 32.3 offensive rebound percentage, but only a 68.3 defensive rebound. So they've gotten killed on the defensive glass with that group. Um, and I, I think part of that is 
especially if AD's pl- playing out on the perimeter, which the Lakers have in, in those instances put Trez on the five and AD on, on the wing or, you know, the, the four, the stretch four, whatever. Sometimes if, if AD is brought out, you know, they're really not going to rebound because Trez is not a good rebounder. Um, he's a good offensive rebounder. He's not a good defensive rebounder. He's a average to below average defensive rebounder. And then LeBron, it, it depends on the night and how much effort he's giving defensively. I think for the most part, he is a, a you know, good to really good defensive rebounder, but he's a guy also who, depending on, you know, if, he, if he's, he, he's a big, you know, help guy for the team. So there are instances in which he has to rotate. And, um, you know, if they're playing with smaller guys in the prim, like, so I, I guess my concern with that group would just be the rebounding, um, you know, looking at it, the, the assist percentage, the, the ball doesn't move as well. Uh, and them playing slower, that doesn't really bother me, but I mean, my, my concern is like, I think eventually the Lakers have to get to a point where when 80 is on the floor with Trez, he is defending fives and Trez is defending fours. I think that is a better use of both of those guys uh, defensively. Like Trez is more of a four than a five, you know, just by his physical stature. And I, I really just think positionally, like it, he makes a lot more sense there than he does as a five. And, you know, the, the, the Clippers didn't really have the personnel to allow him to to play next to another big and and play the four um you know maybe they could have done that a little bit more to michael green but the lakers have that in anthony davis like they have the perfect you know moldable piece of clay you know defender to put around at, you know really any big like ad can what what you know whatever big you pair ad with he can mold into whatever that big needs as a partner and i think with trez he needs more of that rim protector, defensive rebounder, and and that's where you know I think in those lineups, AD should be playing the five, not the four. So, um, to, to get back to your question, like yes, I, I think there are matchups in, in which it makes sense. Like I, I see Trez as a big guy in the first round. I think no matter who they're playing, it's probably going to be an advantageous matchup for him uh, and, and a matchup in which he can thrive. Um, but you know, moving into the second round and beyond. When you're looking at potential matchups with the Jazz, the Suns, the Clippers, the Nuggets, that's where I, I have less confidence in Trez closing. Now, again, you can go to those lineups, and they will like throughout the game, but I look at that trio as more of a closing lineup, and in that sense, I don't, I don't love it deeper in the playoffs. But in the beginning of the playoffs, I think it should be fine. Um, let's see. I think we're going to wrap up there. Um, I'm trying to keep these post-game pods a little bit tighter, closer to 20 minutes. So um, we're going to start taking one to two questions post-game and then diving into those a little bit deeper uh, to, to give you guys some better answers. But um, as always, thank you guys for listening. I always appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. If you have not subscribed to this podcast yet, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Athletic, wherever you're listening to it right now. And if you've not subscribed to The Athletic, you can go to theathletic.com or you could subscribe off of one of my stories, which would be much appreciated. I will be back Sunday night to discuss the Lakers matchup with the Warriors. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. 
From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.